A sovereign country has secretly been mining Bitcoin. Details soon. This is Around the Blockchain. Thank you for joining. Go ahead, hit that like button. Do it now. Does it cost you anything? I'm asking nicely. I said, please. Let's get into it. We have fantastic guests on today. Uh, we're just going to get right to it. On the green, if you've lost some money on a meme coin, he probably has a bigger fail. You can catch him in the future on the show, Killer Whale. Ben, when does that start filming? Uh, that starts filming at the end of June. I believe I'll be out in LA. So if you guys are out in LA at the end of June, then uh, you know I I'm going to probably be hiding from you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Uh, real quick, Altcoin Daily, uh, are, are you involved with the Killer Whale Show at all? That's right. We're producers on it. Also, right. whales next to BitBoy. All right. Well, beware, because if you buy too many meme coins, he'll call you a joker. You might not know his acting career started in poker. Altcoin Daily, uh, what, are, you, are you excited about that show? I guess he is. We're going to go right on to the next one here. <sighs> he'll balance your portfolio <laughs> like a ballerina, and he just got followed today by John Cena. Mind your biz. How'd you even see that he followed you? I don't know. It's a statistical improbability, but here we are. Hey, here we are. Here we are. And then uh, we have Rice TVX. Uh, he got a new camera, so he's now in higher res. His last video, he tells you how to beat the IRS. Rice TVX, uh, are you re getting ready for Miami mode here? Super excited for Miami. Yeah, man. A couple weeks all right, away. All right. two weeks, uh, two weeks and and you're fair skinned, so that's how you're going to block all the sun rays, correct? Yes, and stay out of surveillance. Oh, yeah. I'm sure uh, there's cameras everywhere in that city, but probably needs it. All right, let's get right into the show. Biden's Bitcoin tax. That's what we're calling it here. There's now trying to push through a 30% tax on Bitcoin mining and other proof-of-work uh, mining situations there. And this is going to be a 30% tax on your electricity cost. So let me just kind of maybe break that down. We do have to give 30% to the big guy here. If you spend $100 in electricity and say you mined $110 worth of Bitcoin, well, you're going to have a $30 tax bill on top of the $100 in electricity now netting you a $20 loss instead of a $10 gain there. Uh, mind your biz. I, I hope I explained that somewhat correctly there. I want to ask you about what does this mean? What are your thoughts when you see this? I mean, are, are there going to be less people mining now? Is this impossible to enforce? How can they tell if I'm mining or if I'm playing Quake 3? Can, can you just unpack this a little for us? Is it feasible? Sure. So I appreciate you asking and framing the question in that way. Is enforcement action feasible? Unfortunately, when it comes to crypto mining, it, yes, it is. In the same way that it's totally possible for just the power utility of a given area to figure out whether or not you have an illegal grow operation of any type, right? You like growing too many tomatoes at home that are emotions. <laughs> They'll figure it out. And they can figure out just based on power consumption usage patterns, roughly whether or not you're running a micro data center, aka a Bitcoin mining operation. And so they'll be able to figure it out. Plus, there are plenty of utilities already that they've kind of gotten, gotten wise to proof of work mining. And when you would normally consider yourself like a bulk buyer of anything else, you know, you, you buy whatever your groceries in bulk, maybe you go to the big box store, you're used to getting a discount on those things, other goods and services. In the utility sector, not so. They've started to realize that, oh, people who are in a residential area or who are in just light commercial areas who have these outlier power bills, they're probably doing something that's outside of heavy manufacturing because they're not zoned for it. So instead of giving you this discount that you would expect for being a bulk purchaser of their services, they start to ding you. It's easy. You actually pay more for power the more you consume. So 
we're already there. There's already de facto tax at the local and at the state level for a lot of mining operations. That's why it's unprofitable to mine in states, you know, broadly speaking, like New York and California. There are exceptions in certain counties and in certain areas. But especially when you're off grid, there's no penalty, right? You wouldn't expect for anyone to try to try to make it their business whether or not you're using any power to mine. But clearly this bill says we will get all in your business. We'll get all in what you're trying to do here. And we're going to find some way to detect whether or not you have solar operations or any other natural gas flaring. I mean, this stuff is visible from outer space. So, so it's not going to be impossible for them to enforce. It's just going to be really, really hard. Now, whether or not I think 30% should go to the big guy, I mean, you had that, that image of him biting off the end of an ice cream cone, 30% or just the tip, you know, whichever one is less painful. I don't know. I don't know. We'll say just the tip, though. He can have that. All right. Well, Ben Armstrong, let's let's keep talking about the big guy here. You know, just to be fair, it's a roll up to 30% first year, 10% tax, second year, 20%, third year, 30% tax. 30% tax, does that seem fair for, you know, what could be a, a corporate endeavor? Is 30% for the big guy, you know, just kind of the norm in this industry? Uh, no, this is all a joke. Like, guys, th this is not about making money for the government. And and I, I'm preaching this message to people because I really want you guys to understand. Now, there was a story that just broke, by the way, uh, about Joe Biden and um, uh, some kind of criminal uh, scheme involving him and a foreign national. And now I think maybe I'm starting to see what's going to happen, which is uh, his own party is going to try to remove him so he can't run again. Because if he runs again, he's going to lose. I mean, I don't think there's any, any question about that. The, imagine being a celebrity and coming out pro Joe Biden right now. Like, imagine. Nobody wants that smoke. The only chance they have is to replace him. And, um, you know, unfortunately, they'll probably replace him with another, you know, somebody else that's a puppet, I'm sure. But, guys, this is about coming after Bitcoin. That's what this is about. I keep trying to tell people. Guys, everybody out there, your Bitcoin maximalists, they're all saying like, oh, we love, you know, we love Gary Gensler because he's going after altcoins. And Bitcoin's so safe and they're never going to go after Bitcoin. Guys, they're developing a way to go after Bitcoin. That's what this is about. This is about squeezing mining profits so your, your normal everyday miners cannot be profitable. And guess what's going to happen to your big corporate miners that are going to have a majority of the hash rate over time? It's going to be large liberal climate change organizations, corporations, just like we see in social media, just like we see in tag, just like we see in green energy, like just like we see everywhere, okay? <clears throat> because why? Why does that happen? Because once you get to a point where you're elite, you just want to control everything. And those are narratives that you can control. Guys, they want to get Bitcoin in a place where they're able to get the majority of the hash power and change it over to proof of work or proof of stake from proof of work. Once they change it over from proof of work to proof of stake, now they can go after it. Now they can say, oh, it's a security. The same message they're trying to say with Ethereum right now. And that's what this is about. This is an attack vector. This is not, you know, this is not some, some kind of, you know, uh, scheme for the government to make more money on Bitcoin. That's not what this is, guys. It, they're, they're and this is not the only angle they're going to take. They're going to take multiple angles of this. If you think they're going to lay off of Bitcoin that is the only crypto that exists, that is a true threat to our financial system, then I don't know what to tell you. You haven't been paying attention to what's going on. Guys, this whole thing, Bitcoin is safe. Bitcoin's a commodity. It's not a security. This is all to lull you to sleep so they can come in in the background, come in, in like a thief in the night and change things. Uh, that's what this is about. So, um, you know, be on guard, be vigilant, watch what they're doing. We know what they're doing. Um, you can't ever take them at their word. 
And uh, I, I say someone that we can probably take out the word RFK. He did a, a nice statement on this. He has about four or five tweet thread just basically going against this and outlining all the hypocrisies. I just want to throw that out there. Big supporters of RFK over here, at yep. least I am personally. Absolutely. All right, Altcoin Daily. It does, uh, I agree with Ben. They're using energy FUD here. It seems to be their attack vector. They had a blog post. Uh, let me just quote here. Crypto assets are virtual, but crypto miners' high energy consumption has negative spillovers on the environment, on quality of life, and electrical grids. Well, it appears that, you know, energy FUD is going to be the, the angle for uh, the angle du jour here. How can we combat that? DZ, thank you for having me back on the show. I think the biggest issue is uh, the government, specifically Biden, either doesn't understand cryptocurrency, which is very likely, or is choosing not to understand cryptocurrency. Because when I see a headline like this, to me, it just shows that, oh, he thinks of Bitcoin as an excess meaning like you would you could tax cigarettes more, you could tax alcohol more, and I, I, maybe fewer people would have a problem with that. He sees that as excess. He says, he thinks, why not? You know, this is, it's all Pepe to him. He doesn't see Bitcoin as a viable instrument, um, either because he truly doesn't understand, because if he listens to any of these talks coming out of Texas, how they're using the electricity grid, then he could easily have a better understanding of the asset. So he's either choosing not to or looking past it and, um, the biggest way to combat this would either be, I mean, get him out of office. And I would say that to any party, it's not partisan for me. If, you, if you're choosing not to understand something like this, then we need to replace our representatives with people that do understand this. And to me, this is the, the implications of what this could mean for the United States. This would be like if back in the day, you know, 1999, the government chose to have an extra 30% tax on any internet company. Maybe they saw that as an excess too. And you know that would, what that would have meant for Silicon Valley? We wouldn't have had it because they would have just moved to Canada, moved offshore. The world is only smaller now, way easier for Bitcoin miners to just hop up and go to where they will make a profit. So that's what we're fighting for. Uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. It reminds me of CD-ROMs back in the day. You get AOL discs everywhere. The CD-ROMs just from that probably consumed more energy than all of Bitcoin in its entire history over a decade here. Just CD-ROM spinning AOL discs there. All right, oh, well, no, uh, I still made the say, full Nickelback say, mixtape. Did you say <laughs> CDs? Yeah, yeah, yes, CDs, yes. Not. These, yes, okay, I, I knew that one was coming. I, I still allowed it to happen. I Am I the victim yeah. or a perpetrator? Yeah, I don't know right at this point. All right, Rice, <laughs> Rice TVX, you know, I, I brought out a, a scenario earlier. If if you used $100 of electricity and say you got, you know, $110 worth of Bitcoin, that's a good thing. You're in profit. What happens when that $110 worth of Bitcoin goes from cost $100 to produce to $130 to produce? In the long run, in a weird way, is this actually bullish for Bitcoin if this passes price-wise? Good question. Um Honestly, I mean, with what's going on, I agree with everything that Ben Armstrong has said so far. I mean, I definitely feel like this is an attack on Bitcoin in general. The mining argument has already been dismissed. I mean, there's already been a lot of things proven within the cryptocurrency space where we're using renewable energies, reusable things, using flare gases, using stuff that cannot be utilized. Looking at the Texas energy grid and realizing how much excess energy they have that's not being utilized it's actually doing a good thing. So the argument as far as the power consumption is obviously just futile, but they're gonna continue doing it because most people are just gonna believe the mainstream narrative, unfortunately. And yes, this is gonna be an attack on all different spectrums. Um, 
ultimately you're going to have some miners that are still going to mine whether it's profitable or not because they believe in this technology so i mean they're going to obviously shake out weak hands and, and hands that just can't afford to continue mining but there are those individuals who have enough bitcoin stacked up that they know what they're doing and some of these miners are actually long-term miners so i still believe the network itself will be resilient uh, but the attacks will continue. We're seeing Fed now getting ready to launch anytime uh, within the next month, basically, month and a half, where we're hearing the narrative of central bank digital currencies. Um, they're gearing up for the post office to start offering banking to everyone. That's something I want to be talking about. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes with this banking consolidation. It's just right now it is all eyes on Bitcoin as far as what it is positioned to do. And Hillary Clinton said it best. When she said that it has the op opportunity to undermine the U.S. dollar as a world reserve currency to destabilize nations. It is a threat to the system. And with the launch of a central bank digital currency, they're going to do everything they can to keep people away from something that's actually going to provide them freedom, which is Bitcoin. Yeah, they don't want to provide us the lifeboats for sure. All right, well, let's uh, move on across the globe here to Bhutan. That's right, the secret sovereign nation mining Bitcoin. It's Bhutan all along. Let's just show it on a map. Uh, it's a uh, Asian country. It's nestled between China and India. You can see it right there, uh, just to the right of Nepal, north of Bangladesh. Uh, a few, a couple million people there. But according to them, they've been mining Bitcoin since $5,000. Uh, they do it through an investment firm, uh, Druck Holding and Investments. And they hadn't disclosed this before, but they've been doing this for a long time. And not only that, they're in the green. They've never lost. They use clean mining technology. I think they use hydropower. And guess what? Not your keys, not your crypto. They never lost any of their Bitcoin on any of the large exchanges. I guess they weren't trying to, uh, you know, chase it. Maybe had it, uh, you know, in their own wallet there. Mind your biz. I want to ask you a little bit of a fun question with this one. Because, you know, you're probably one of the better people to, to answer this. If you had to guess, will a sovereign nation ever lose their keys to their bitcoin and if so would we ever find out that's a really great question a really great two-parter and i would suspect that there are some sovereign nations that absolutely could do it among them you'd be like you have like north korea totally possible for north korea to lose its uh its crypto keys to lose its seed phrase there's all kinds of terrible stuff happening there and believe it or not a lot of the other former you know red countries and a lot of the, the communist countries entirely possible if it went into the hands of government officials in China and the CCP, mm -hmm. I would totally believe them capable of losing their keys as well. But to your point, in both cases, whoever was responsible for it would either be made an extremely public example or an extremely private example, right? They would be lying somewhere very shallowly under the, the pavement of the, the steps of the government building. And everybody who walks into the building would just sort of know, like, don't be that guy, right? Uh, and that would be a very, very, you know, quietly put away. But it's entirely possible to answer your question, entirely possible. But if you have a competent minister of IT, you got a competent minister of public infrastructure as it relates to technology, then no, probably not. You typically have air-gapped systems for all of the most important stuff here in the United States, for example, you know, the nuclear football. We, we, that, that's sort of like, that, isn't that sad? That's what we think is the most, like literally the most important thing for our commander in chief to even handle. But something like that is fully air-gapped and when it comes to something that's extremely important as a bearer asset, such as Bitcoin keys or any kind of seed phrase or, or crypto keys, I imagine, don't quote me, but I imagine that the whatever the minister or the ministry that's responsible for that technology within Bhutan is, I'm pretty sure they take it seriously. Certainly um, at $5,000 also, 
we were all there. That was uh, that was toward the end of 2017. That was middle getting into the end of 2017, Q3 of 2017. There was we we had a lot of established standards already for for seed uh, seed phrase safety and security. So they had everything they needed to keep that completely secret, completely safe. Um, I I don't know. I think they're probably okay, but there are countries that could f it up. That was a good question. I, I think you bring up a good point. It's probably not going to get lost, lost. It would be misplaced. And then, you know, they're at the, the shallow steps at the government building. Such a shame to not put them in the flower bed. It was right there. Could have fertilized things. All right. Well, Ben, let's uh, let's put on your little international traveler hat here. You know, let's bust out the passport. There's about 195 countries, depending on who you ask. Don't ask about Taiwan. Uh, so out of those 195, how many other countries are secretly mining Bitcoin or have been for years? That's a great question. Um, I'm going to say 34. Okay, so you're looking at about a one-sixth. Yeah, about one-sixth probably. Uh, look, I mean, obviously, I'm just pulling that number out of the air. Um, it's it's one one more than 33, obviously. But I, I think that the, the whole thing is um, when it comes to these countries, uh, I, I've told people for years, this next bull run is the bull run of nation states. And if you go back and you and you look at this in terms of to the last bull run, okay? The last bull run was the institutional bull run. And some people would argue that's why I got cut off a little short. But what happened? In 2019, in the depths of the bear market, 50 of the top 100 address, Bitcoin addresses were created between 2019 and 2020 before the market really popped off. Who has enough money to create 50 of the top 100 Bitcoin addresses? Only institutions, only hedge funds, only VCs, only those kinds of investors, right? So what does that say? That says that all the work was quietly being done in 2019, early 2020, of course, 2018 as well, that led to the explosion that we got in 2020 and 2021. So we're seeing the same thing again, right? But you didn't see stories about the institutions coming into Bitcoin during those times. You didn't see them until the actual bull run in 2021, and then they were every day. You look at what's going on now, you're seeing everybody talking about or, or you're seeing all these countries kind of quietly positioning themselves. America, probably the number one holder of Bitcoin right now, uh, based on all of the hacks they got that, you know, took seized uh, and confiscated Bitcoin from. China's right up there. Russia's up there. All these countries are starting to move into Bitcoin and into crypto because they understand the war games that will come down the road with having this, but we're not hearing about it. But once the dam breaks and once the bull run happens, then we're going to look back and we're going to find out all of these countries who are mining Bitcoin. I can tell you some. Um, Uzbekistan, uh, Azerbaijan, um, uh, uh, Turkmenistan, I believe, is another one. Um, the, all of these Eastern European or former USSR countries are mining Bitcoin. We know Estonia's got a lot going on with crypto. because I'll be there next week. So I'd be interested to see. I'm sure they're mining Bitcoin in some way. Um, so you're seeing a lot of, and look, when you look at a lot of these countries that are, are are doing this, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan is the other big one. Kazakhstan is the nut. Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan are the two main ones over there that are mining Bitcoin. It's where a lot of the Chinese miners went. Okay, so when, when you look at that, it's like, why why are these countries where it's happening? Well, these are countries that have had a lot of financial turmoil because of the fall of the you know Soviet Union um, all those years ago. So what you're looking at is really countries that we're going to want to hedge. And then we've got other countries like um, uh, Bulgaria is one that has a lot. You know, I believe it's Bulgaria. It's not Belgium. 
I don't think it's Belarus. I think it's Bulgaria that confiscated a ton of Bitcoin from organized crime and they sold almost all of it. Um, and then they paid off like a, a fifth of their national debt with it or something crazy like that. <laughs> um, but they probably have more. So you're seeing a lot of countries' positions. So it wouldn't surprise me if it's even more than one sixth. All right. Well, Altcoin Daily, do you agree with that assessment? Can we expect that bull run of 2024 to have sovereign nations as one of the main catalysts, one of the main drivers? Uh, not so much are they doing this, but will this be a narrative that we could see over the next 24 months? I don't think any individual or entity or country is necessarily wishing for the ship to sink, but it's nice to know that the life rafts are available. So if you know, these, these smaller countries are getting left behind or ignored by the haves of the world, the have countries, the bigger countries like America, uh, like the IMF, um, then they either have a choice to, you know, just be inflated away into oblivion or, hey, there's a life raft over there. Everybody else, I've been forgotten by the rest of the world. This is a way to preserve purchasing power, um, have the people be in charge versus the haves that have forgotten. So it's going to be a huge narrative. and. Uh, I'm not even suggesting that, obviously, the IMF, these bigger countries, they would prefer Bitcoin not to exist. They would prefer it not to be a thing. But there was this great talk by Andreas Antonopoulos, who knows way more about programming and Bitcoin history than me. Back in like when Bitcoin was, you know, $3,000 or something like that, he gave a talk to the question, can Bitcoin be 51% attacked when the network was much, much smaller than it is today? And what is that fear that, you know, these major countries can just shut it down? And in that talk, the conclusion eventually was that if you want to purchase that mining power, uh, those, those mining rigs, you will find very, very quickly that you're going to make more money by actually mining the Bitcoin network and supporting it, um, rather than the impossible task of 51% attacking it. So these smaller countries are definitely coming in. I'm sure they want to do it as quietly as possible because, you know, the big wigs are watching, but in the end, nothing they can do. All right. Thanks for uh, extra point for the Antonopoulos reference there. And uh, just a to quote, Top G's, uh, the have-nots and the have-yachts. And if you want to see a killer whale, you got to be in a yacht, right? You got to be on the water. So uh, shout out to killer whales here. All right, mind your biz. Uh, we're seeing, you know, a yeah, lot. Oh, wait, wait or, or go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry, I was yeah, going to Rice, not Seth. We have breaking news. Yeah. We have breaking news. Breaking news. What is this? Nate Chastain was just convicted of insider trading, and he's going to be going to federal prison. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. OpenSea uh, Insider. Uh, that was uh, where the was front-running NFTs, buying NFTs as they went right before they well, went to the opening yeah, page. He had a product. So he controlled where they went on the site. And so yeah. he was buying all the ones that that they were would go to the, the, the featured section. Yeah. Mm, it looks like that just happened. Like he, he they said the, the, the quote here. Let me read you the quote. Um, uh, my father-in-law sent this to me. Um, Nathaniel Chastain exploited his advanced knowledge of which NFTs would be featured on OpenSea's website to make profitable trades for himself. Although this case involves trade and novelty crypto assets, there was nothing particularly innovative about his conduct. It was fraud. Jury has found that Chastain is guilty of using inside information for his own personal gain. Now he faces time in federal prison. Now, the thing that made the, the one of the most condemning parts of this for him is that, and this is something we do at BitBoy Crypto for people that come on and work here he literally signed something saying that he would not use inside information to profit. 
And so there, there, there's your smoking gun. He signed something saying corporately he would not do that, and he did do it. And now that's why he really had no. Um, I'm surprised he didn't settle. I'm surprised it went to a to a to a jury. I guess he thought maybe he was going to be innocent, but that's a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal right now, guys, because that goes across uh, the Coinbase. That shows the Coinbase uh, insider traders. There's now precedent for that being considered insider trading and, and being found guilty. So there's some big changes coming to our industry, guys. It's, it's yeah, good and be, uh, a lot bigger with uh, NFTs and yeah for full disclosure Vumio I just kind of gave up selling NFTs at a certain point because of that those same issues all right uh, final question on this topic Rice do you think that I want to go conspiratorial here do you think the IMF is worried about these smaller emerging markets mining a bunch of Bitcoin yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look at what El Salvador has done. I mean, I believe they've been able to pay off their debt to the IMF with what they've done with their investments, and they are mining and they're using um, volcano as far as the energy to be able to mine their Bitcoin. So, it is a threat. Uh, like I said, to the to the the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency. I mean, we obviously have lots of threats on the horizon. The the rise of the BRICS uh, reserve currency potentially, but. Being that that is a centralized thing that's controlled by nations, it's still part of the same problem. Bitcoin is offering that decentralized solution. And any nation that is having to rely upon the IMF or is a, a developing nation would be smart to mine, buy, dollar cost average, hold Bitcoin. Because I do agree with what was said about the next bull run. I believe that we will see once we have uh, the smoke kind of clearing from our economic collapse, we will see Bitcoin being weaponized just as the dollar has been weaponized. And you will see that happening between nations. So uh, another thing that I wanted to add as a prediction uh, based and I meant to add this in the last um, question was we heard some mentions of RFK Jr. And um, it's interesting because we see the cryptocurrency space being very bipartisan so far. Republicans being pro-crypto, Democrats being anti-crypto. I'm making a prediction that Trump will choose RFK Jr. as his running mate. Oh man, that would be uh, that would be amazing. That would be a, a I would I want to say unprecedented. It's just in my lifetime to be unprecedented. It wasn't that uncommon to do something like that decades ago? All right, well uh, let's talk about Suey, not Dewey's. That's what uh, some of you bad viewers at home got when you were younger. No, S U I just launched today. Let's uh, share this price chart just so you can see the roller coaster of emotion that people were uh, experiencing. The first couple candles coming in around $2 before a very, very steep sell-off. It looks like it fell about 37%, almost 38%. Now coming in $1.35, fully diluted, $13.5 billion, 24-hour uh, trading volume, $1.1 billion. Uh, as of, uh, you know, about an hour ago, Binance was uh, responsible for $940 million of that 1.1 billion. So Binance uh, being the lion's share of uh, all the trading volume here. And of course, there's a lot uh, you know to unpack here with its origin of its code. It was originally developed for Meta, AKA Facebook, it, you know, spun out of that with the Libra blockchain. Now, mind your biz, I'm, I'm sure we could, we could talk about its origin story and its coding language and move and all that, but I just wanna talk to you about your just general feeling, your general opinion of SWE. Is this one that some, indeterminate time in the future do you plan on getting any exposure to or is this you know no matter the price or is this one maybe staying away from no matter the price yeah it's a great question i think i'm going to underscore this one by saying in the same way that i'm a conscientious objector to using most platforms that fa the mothership facebook has spun off doesn't matter what you call them facebook meta or something else this is one of those teams that for my part 
I'm, I'm just going to kind of keep them at arm's length. I'd love to see what they're doing. I'd love to see how, how they, uh, they continue to, to roll out features and what they continue to add because they're competent, right? That's the first thing. They're extremely competent. I mean, they, they had nearly a full working product in Libra with the DM uh, team as well. And then they decided to pivot and move into this with Mist and Labs. So of course, they got the funding that they were looking for very fast because the team is competent. I have no concerns about that. I have a lot more concern about corporo state backed or corporo state controlled blockchain. And I think, you know, I don't speak for everybody. I, I just speak for myself. Like, I don't want to be told exactly what to do. I don't want to have to ask permission to use crypto. I think there are a lot of people who feel the same way. I mean, go ahead and leave a comment right now. If you're watching live, like do some shout outs, right? If you like being in crypto for the permissionlessness, sort of that cypherpunk quality, then maybe you feel the same way that I do. Projects like this, you might want to get exposure to them only if they're available on DEX. But if they're not available on DEX, I, I'm probably going to pass. I don't care. I mean, I don't care uh, who you are. I don't know where your funding came, came from. I don't care which celebrity endorsement you got. I don't care which influencer, you know, was able to front run and get an, an early uh, position or allocation in your project. I don't care about any of that stuff. If you're trying to tell me uh, all those things to get my confidence, I just want to know that I can use it permissionlessly and ideally somewhat privately. But I don't think they can give me that assurance. So, All right. Yeah. A, a fair assessment. Well, Ben Armstrong, let's use some of that argument, you know, for a, a positive spin. A lot of people will look at that as, hey, this means it's bullish, means VCs are going to like it. it, means, you know, I hear corporal backing. I, I think, you know, hey, maybe a government's going to be more friendly to roll something out with this. Would you consider, uh, you know, all of these being a positive when it comes to the price action? Or is this really going to be its, its downfall, its, you know, connection to Facebook and those other uh, nuances? Oh, it's all positive for the price, for sure. And we told people for months uh, this project was going to dump extremely hard when it got launched. Um, and it did, just just like clockwork. Um, some sites showed it down as much as 99.9%. Um, some coin market cabinet showed it down 70%. It's still at $1.35 around where we saw it at this morning on the show. Um, Sui was always, or Sui, as I call it, was always going to, uh, going to drop. I actually said, if this project is not in the top 25 by the end of the bull run, I'll get a pig tattoo. That's what I said. That's how confident I am. This project can do well financially. It reminds me, it has a lot of hallmarks of Solana, a lot of hallmarks of Solana. Um, and now Hopefully, its blockchain is not as crappy as Solana's. Hopefully, it's a little bit better. These, these are Sui and also Aptos. These are known as like the next generation of blockchains. Like these are the next iteration. They got more bells and whistles than we've ever seen before. Big money behind it. And guys, look like I like there. There is certainly a philosophical balance and a financial balance that you have to take into consideration when you're doing investing. No financial advice, of course. But for me, that's why we turned on Solana and FTX. It wasn't actually because we thought it was insolvent at first. It was that we decided we were so against the, the political philosophy of Sam Bankman-Fried that it was so bad and so toxic that we couldn't support anything that he touched. And then, of course, before you know it, two months later, the whole thing collapses. And we warned everybody because we saw, we saw red flags. We saw warnings. We saw everything coming. Um, and, and it happened, right? So that... There are certain certainly philosophical lines you have to have to draw. So, like, if you don't want to ever touch anything that's connected to Facebook, like uh, Seth alluded to, then that's that's a fine political stand or you know personal conviction and take that. Um, for me, I'm looking for an entry in this project. I, I, I'm looking right now might not be that bad of an entry, uh, to be honest with you. Um, it, we'll see. It may dump further. I think it depends on what happens with the direction of Bitcoin here soon. 
But, you know, like I said, a 70% drop, I mean, that's a pretty big drop. Um, but if you look at, at ICP, when ICP launched, it had a 70% drop. And then, of course, it kept going until it was down 98%. But that was unnatural. That was because of what Sam Bankman-Fried did with a perpetual future contract with ICP to, to pump up the price in the beginning. So I don't think we're seeing that here with SWE. I think this is normal price fall action where you have uh, VCs looking for exit liquidity, which they got. Congratulations to everybody who bought um, in the middle of that dump. You are the exit liquidity for the VCs. It's time for us to stop blaming influencers and stop looking at the VCs as the people that are taking the exit liquidity because they are 100%. Yeah, a lot of them got in at 10 cents. So yeah, I mean, if, if yep. you're buying it for $1.50, they're happily uh, dumping that onto you. All right, well, Altcoin Daily, Ben's he's laying out a, a pretty good roadmap for success. Bold proclamation, top 25 by next bull run. What do you look for when there's a large launch like this, top 50, top 100? when you're looking at its long-term success chances? I mean, is there any heuristics or template ideas that you say, hey, it has X, Y, and Z, so I'm feeling bullish? Well, I'm a big L1 guy in general, so already, you know, projects that are L1 do intrigue me. For me personally, I, I don't like to be buying, you know, right when, you know, nine times out of 10, I don't like to be buying right when the project just went public or just went launched because of that, vesting schedule by those VCs, that's sell pressure, selling into that price over the next six months. I don't know specifically the vesting schedule of Sui, but I'm sure they have one. I'm sure lots of VCs, you know, got in, like you said. Um, so, you know, the risk is though, if you miss it, you miss it. I personally just don't like to chase. So I'd rather be a little late to the party. The question you have to ask yourself is, you know, the, the demand will come from projects building on Sui. That's, that's a long game. Even if we see demand over the next six months, you know the, the true value is going to happen years. So I, you know, I have to ask myself: Is that vesting schedule, um, or or the the dilution of the, of the price, is that going to how is that going to come in contrast to the demand we're going to see in the next six months? And I think nine times out of ten, you usually see big blow off launch, and then price kind of settles in the next couple of months as we as we see what the true price should be, what the market dictates. So I don't like to chase but I'm definitely watching. I don't like to chase either, but I do want to chase maybe a spot on that show, Killer Whales. Maybe one day I can pitch something to the big whales on that show. All right, uh, and hey, maybe, maybe they'll sponsor the show one day. All right, just putting out a feeler. All right, Rice TVX, you know, we're, we're talking about its launch, talking about its impending, uh, you know, chances of success here. Well, let's look at one thing on the tokenomics real quick, and it's uh, kind of scary. It's actually really, really scary. I'm looking at the circulating supply compared to total supply. For reference, this is 528 million compared to 10 billion. That is 5.2%. Let's just call it 5%. Only 5% of the token is out. That means 95% is yet to release. What does that mean to you when you're thinking about the price action? Uh, it, it means there's a, long, there's a long way to go for the project as far as like everything to build on the project, to build on SUI. Uh, I agree with everything that has been said so far. This is 100% a VC project. It will be successful whether or not it is actually good or not because I didn't like Solana. I was very anti-Solana, but it still did well. Um, even though they had issues with the blockchain shutting down, it was still doing well. So unfortunately, I don't think people are going to be learning from their mistakes when it comes to this. But as far as what everybody said, the most I agree with with Seth, his point of view, because I like to take a stance on things that I believe in as well. Now, can somebody take advantage and capitalize off making some gains off of this particular coin? 
Absolutely. I mean, you can. So whatever is in your heart that leaves you in conviction, that's where you need to go. Um, but when it really comes down to it, what I really want to do is start a campaign to try to make sure that this, this project is not successful just out of spite so that we can see BitBoy get this pig tattoo. That is what I want to see most of all is, is a pig tattoo on Ben Armstrong. So if we can make that happen, just, just for people not to support this project, just so we can make sure that Ben gets this tattoo, I will do everything in my power to make that happen. Hey, Ben's a man of his word. He won't pull a John McAfee. You know, he he will actually go through with his uh his crypto bet here. But uh, that is all we have time for. I haven't bought any sweet. Uh, anyone here on the panel have anybody has sweet exposure yet? No, I know Seth doesn't. No, yeah, none of us have it. Uh, full disclosure. Get on the winner, DZ. <sighs> maybe, maybe yeah. one day. Oh, wait, all wait, right. Wait, well, but what if I want to donate all the rest of my points to Rice because he makes the best points and because. The revolution is currently being televised because I do you know what? very much align worldview. Not donate points. This is not a charity. I, but okay, I've done it successfully in Soti. All right, all right. right. Well, you know yeah, what? I, I had a coin before. on me. I'd flip it. I'd flip it at the moment. But I'd already started the sentence. And We're all winners. He's going to get very. He's going to get pomp angry if uh, if we don't let him win at this point. <laughs> ben Armstrong, you narrowly squeaked by. You got you got behind your biz by two points. You almost got smoked by Rice TVX, but you are the winner. So feel free, soak it in. Leave us with some parting thoughts. Yeah. You guys see the way Seth tried to steal it from me again. Seth always tries. Seth always tries to steal the win from me at the very end. Ben, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Okay. Okay, listen. Yeah, let's not let him talk. Let's all just keep talking. This is my spotlight. Speaking of spotlights, (laughs) I will be doing seven minutes of comedy along with with Austin and Aaron at the comedy show uh, in Bitcoin, Miami. So if you want to see the funniest man in America, Make sure you come to my show. Thanks. Wait, is that is that real? We'll be, is I, that I, real? Be that's real. I'm so mad. I'm not. Oh, why am I going to VCon? It's called I might Mona's, have to switch it. I might have to switch it. It's called yeah. Mona's yeah. Web Three and Comedy, or something like that. Yep. Link in the description of my video. All right. I, I want uh, I want Donald Trump roast session level jokes here. All right. Well, that's all we got time for. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you go check out everyone's links below. Uh, killer whales. Hey, maybe uh, watch that six months from now whenever it launches. That's all we got. Buy some Monero. Check out Rice's channel. Until next time, easy out. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.